the war gone. Allow me to elucidate you. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. Hello and welcome to Is This Anime? I am once again your quote-unquote anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And joining us once again is uh, my amazing cousin, uh, Alex. Alex, how are you, bud? What's going on, cuzzo? How are you today? <laughs> exactly. It's another family episode. Um, Alex, we've picked a fun one, haven't we? Um, yes, you, sir. Yes, sir. As we've talked about before, you're a rapper. And I was like, well, shit, I found the perfect show for us. Uh, we are talking about, uh, obviously, you would know because you're clicking on this episode, uh, your boy Kong Ming. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, boy, Kong Ming. First off, yeah. is that not one of the greatest anime titles ever? Oh, it's so funny. I, you, you as hear soon about- as I was watching it, I was like, Yo, boy, Kong Ming, it's your boy 89. <laughs> exactly, man. You fucking know it. Uh, quick history of the facts. This is a manga adaptation. The manga is still ongoing. Uh, this TV and the manga, it's, uh, was written by Yuto Yotsuba. It was illustrated by Ryo Ogawa. Um, it started on December 31st, 2019. Yeah, still ongoing. And um, the anime, it started on April 5th, 2022 and ran until June 21st, 2022. Um, to my knowledge, I don't think there is a second season announced for this. Um, Alex, did you watch the whole thing or just the first six episodes? No, I watched the whole, all 12 episodes. Oh shit, buddy. Oh my god, you got extra credit. So yeah, I only took notes for the first six. Um, and that's what we'll talk about just for the sake of spoilers. But for sure, we can get into a little uh a s- spoilery preview uh towards the end, which is awesome. Um, yeah, but yeah, we definitely they- can. but yeah, I mean Alex, I think uh, why not? Let's just get briefly into it. Did you feel the ending uh to the show was like a conclusion at least? Like it felt like a conclusion. I- it felt like a nice lead up to the next season. That's what it felt like. It felt like, yeah, they set the stage for what's about to happen. And it's just, it's just more, not really a cliffhanger. It's more like a gentle goodbye. That's a good way of putting it. Like for me, I, I just assumed that was the end of the manga as well, given that it was only 12 episodes. So, so for me, not even knowing about the manga's existence, I was like, yep, I'm satisfied with these 12 episodes. Um, and if they want to do more, uh, I'm more than welcome uh, for them to return to it. There is also going to be a live action uh, adaptation of this. It was just announced uh, a couple weeks ago, in fact. Oh, awesome. That actually sounds super sick, super fun. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, the show is fantastical. But again, it's not like a it's not like a shonen show where, you know, they're shooting lasers like there's nothing in the show that's undoable in live action. It's quite an easy show to adapt, I'd say. Yeah. But yeah, I was, I, was, I was making I was making a joke when I was watching it. I'm like, so they li- they literally made an anime for how they make the anime intros. Yes, like they actually and, did, and that's that's hilarious because I always like wanted to know like the the process in making one of those intros, and now I'm like, oh, it's like EDMs mixed with pop, mixed with some hip hop. It's like mixed with some rock. It's like super sick. The, this show is so delightful. So. I've got the the intro here. Around 1800 years ago, China was divided into three regions that struggled with supremacy. Liu Bei led Shu, Zhao Zhao led Wei, and Sun Quang led Wu. That is to say, it, it was the Three Kingdoms period. In this period where these three warriors faced off, numerous stories have been passed down to this day. In 242 CE, in the Heizhong Plains, the Shu Qin was quietly reeling. Liu Bei was already dead. Meanwhile, Shu's chancellor was being ravished by an illness. The chancellor wishes to be reborn 
in a world without war. And then he gets his wish. He just randomly uh, wakes up in modern day Shibuya on <laughs> Halloween of all days. He picked a good day to uh, be reborn because Halloween, right. everyone's just like, oh yeah, it's just a dude dressed up as a, the famous chancellor Kong Ming. You know, that's just a costume. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, way that, the way that he just thought it was hell and that, uh, that people would come up to him and just feed him drinks. They're like, yes, more temptations of hell. <laughs> I love him. Kong Ming rules. I mean, what a character. Like you said, he thinks he's in hell. Uh, two drunks recognize him and they're giving him chop shop tequila. And he's like, all right, guess I'm in hell, y'all. And then meanwhile, a young girl named Aiko faces rejection. And we see Aiko. She delivers a great performance at this club, which blows Kong Ming away. Um, he tries to talk to her. He's been so inspired by her, but she just kind of, you know, turns him down because he's like, "Hey, what a fucking weirdo!" And then, yeah. uh, and then um, she sees him the next morning. He's hung over and like passed out in the streets because, of course, he doesn't even have have a, you know, apartment or anything. Um, yeah, let's talk. Let's talk. Aiko, did you did you enjoy Aiko's performances in this show? Yeah, I mean. They, the, the way that they really like went in depth about like the struggle of like being an artist and especially a singer's perspective like you see a lot of like uh just like the daily stuff like we go through like being in, being an artist just like just like the daily stresses like uh like worrying about followers or likes and stuff like that but we'll get into that a lot more later on yeah, there's some good stuff. I was taking taking a lot of notes, even just like the the stuff about the how clubs work. Like I wrote notes. Yeah, for like yeah, even that too. And I was actually wondering if the Z20 club that they went to is a real place, um, which we can probably get into later. But yeah, just the way that like Acoat was teaching Kong Ming about like the smartphone and all just like the stuff around her room. Like he's just asking questions. Like, what's this? It's a mirror. I can see through. It's like water. And then just like funny stuff like that, just like with technology and stuff. Yeah, right before that, we get we get a shower scene of Aiko five minutes in. So you know something <laughs> something for the boys. Uh, there was another like uh, much quicker uh, shower scene later where she's just like singing in the shower. I'm like, okay, yeah, they got they got something here. Uh, <laughs> you got to mention it, man. You got to mention it. Um, but yeah, oh, this yeah. is where uh, Aiko finally tells Kong Ming he's not in hell. And then yeah, he sees his reflection and he realizes how young he looks. And yeah, he's shocked by a smartphone, a clock, a humidifier, a computer, an air conditioner, and a water bottle, and uh, some other thing that he doesn't recognize. Uh, I thought they were going to make like a sex joke, but it didn't look like a um, <laughs> uh, what's the word? What's the what's the polite word? Uh, there is no polite word. There's no polite word. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't know what that thing was that uh, he was playing with. But, you know, someone uh, let us know in the comments on Instagram or something. <laughs> yeah, Eiko, she also calls out Kong Ming for speaking Japanese fluently. Because, again, he's like a Chinese warlord. He's, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a Chinese tactician. He's not from Japan. He's from China. And he's also from 2000 years ago. So his like the Chinese he speaks must be unrecognizable, too. Uh, but who knows? Yeah, uh, he... The powers of reincarnation. Kong Ming, he goes on to Wikipedia, of course. Again, I love how Kong Ming, you know, he gets confused, but he also picks things up pretty quickly. Like the second he gets a smartphone, he's like, oh, what is this? And within two minutes, he's just scrolling on Wikipedia. Yeah, that's fucking hilarious. The way that he uh, <laughs> the way that he just like searches himself up, like the first thing he does is like 
kind of like ironic but also like very smart in the way that like oh yeah i have all this information at the palm of my fingertips so many vibrant pictures so much everything's in detail yeah so he does tragically learn that Chu fell and then Aiko plays a love song for Kong Ming, and he gets a flashback to when his friends told him they wanted to make a world without war. And so Aiko, yeah. sh- she tries to get him a job. Fuck, I-, I didn't actually pick up the name of the boss. Oh, wait. Uh, they just call him owner. Yeah, owner Kobayashi. That's what Wikipedia says, actually. I just called him boss. But yeah, he's also a fun character. Because uh, yeah, the boss is a nerd of Chinese history. Yeah, I was laughing about that. The way that the boss is like has like this knowledge of business, but also like loves Kong Ming in Chinese history is so funny because he also he makes tons of references. He's making references to the history of uh, Japanese war and I mean Chinese war and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, specifically Three Kingdoms history, and I do know that like uh, the, there is a Japanese uh, fascination with that era. There's a video game series called Romance of the Three Kingdoms. Um, oh, sick. I know. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's like a strategy game. It's it's uh, like the equivalent of like Rome Total War, one of those stra- war strategy games, you know? There's like dozens of those games at this point. But yeah, that's that's how I first learned about Three Kingdoms. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty funny that uh, uh, he... Oh, sorry, friend of the show, Andrew, uh, just texted me. I'm like, okay, sure. Um, but yeah, it's pretty funny when he's just like uh, quizzing Kong Ming on uh, Three Kingdoms history and also his military decisions. But Kong Ming, he satisfies him and he's hired as a bartender. And uh, uh, the owner even lets Kong Ming wear uh, his Chinese robes. Because again, he just thinks it's cool as shit. I love how just like so many characters in this show just accept Kong Ming. They're like, oh yeah, no, I, we all know Three Kingdoms history. I don't know yeah. if they teach that. I don't know if they teach that in like Japanese schools or whatever. But there, there was a lot of familiarity with that. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty funny how everyone kind of recognized him and was like, "Yeah, like you're Kong Ming. You do you do this and that." They accept the reality of it incredibly easily. Um, so after a successful shift, Kong Ming asks Aiko what drew her to music, and Aiko says, "When she was in high school, she was in a bad place and uh, attempted suicide, and owner Kobayashi saved her and let her come to the club, and the performer's music shook her." And she declared she wanted to move people like that performer moved her. I mean, Alex, do you like want to share your own story of what got you into music or? Yeah, I mean, like for me personally, like I got into music just like being in a weird place in my life and just like going through the motions, not being home. And I actually wrote my first song in summer camp. And um, I met my buddy, his name is Emmett, and like he was making beats on his iPhone that he snuck into summer camp. And me and him, he was making a beat, and I was writing a, a song. And there was a talent show at the end of summer camp. And uh, two years later, I actually never got the, the nerve to perform the song in front of everyone. But two years later, I actually did it like my last year at summer camp. And I actually like made a huge crowd go wild for the song it was actually pretty crazy and i was like that was like my first experience really performing and really like trying to do anything music wise like to the best of my ability but now jack will tell you myself he'll tell you like he's been to my shows and he's seen the evolution of what i've gone through and it's just it's mind-blowing what you can achieve with rare with barely anything just the evolution of like how you keep continuing as an artist and as and as an individual it's it's crazy 
Absolutely. Although the problem is I go to your shows and then I spend money and then I'm just like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the iconic, my iconic Instagram profile pic from one of your shows where I'm just... I, I I had bottle service and I was just sweating profusely because it was fucking hot. And I'm smoking a cigarette. I'm like, oh yeah, that was like an hour into the show and I don't even remember that part. Uh, that's yeah. <laughs> great picture. I love it. I love that photo. But I'm just like, oh yeah, I got no memory of this. It looks like I'm pretty happy though, at least. <laughs> yeah, you had a great time. I had a great What's time. That? I mean, by all accounts, like I've never seen, you know... <laughs> That's the thing when you're when you're in that state, you're just like, I don't, I don't know what went on that night, but I look happy in the photo, so that's all I can trust. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, one one yeah. thing I loved about uh about the show is how Kong Ming used his tactician strategy towards the music because now I'm using some of his strategies, and it's it's I feel like it's gonna be off. There's some good strategies. There's some good life lessons in this show, and I wrote some of them down as we get into it. And then, yeah, so after this moving story, Kong Ming declares he'll aid Aiko and get her 10,000 followers, or 10,000 men strong. Yeah. Uh, episode 2, Aiko and Kong Ming do reconnaissance on a rival performer. The performer is uh, named Mia, although also M.I.A., who's also a famous rapper in her own right, you know, paper planes yep. and all that. Um, yep. Kong, Kong Ming observes the BPM at this performance is at a slow pace and Aiko says clubs will purposely slow the pace then pump it up again to prevent the pacing from becoming dull uh is, I, I didn't true. know that before that's true um so for a lot of for a lot of uh, especially EDM and DJ sets what they'll do is that they'll remix a song and then they'll make it the beginning half like the regular song and then they'll change the tempo towards the end so what the, so they'll make like the song like or what they'll do is they'll call it a dummy start. And what they'll do is they'll, like, uh, when you're at the club and you hear, like, the beat drop and then you expect it to drop again, but it, they change the song and it's, like, a silly song. It's, like, a YMCA or something like that. And everyone does, like, everyone is, like, uh, right in the air and then they're, like, oh, and then they hear YMCA and then people get hyped. So it's, like, there's certain things, there's certain tricks that DJs and artists will use to get, to re-engage the crowd. Like it's either as an artist myself, it's either you call out and you ask for responses or um, you get your DJ to put in tags or you get or, or certain stuff like that. Like there's a lot of different little things that you can do. No, the perfect response. I got nothing else to say to that. Uh, back to the plot. Mia, she's disappointed that she is forced to use covers at her performance. Aiko and Kong Min meet with Mia and Mia offers Aiko a performance with her. This seems like a nice thing. Except Aiko's time is the same as Mia's, and Kong Ming feels that Mia is using Aiko to make her own floor more lively. Again, Alex, is this like the the stuff people pull on a on a less experienced artists? Um, yeah, but in this case, like, uh, it's it's a little more it's a little different in this case. In this case, uh, Kong Ming has put um, Aiko in like a festival. Kind of club scene so in mm. in these cases what, what will happen is that there'll be multiple stages or multiple rooms that people will be performing at and um yeah this is actually really common you'll have two artists on at the exact same time and it's pretty much like a battle between the crowd like if the if you're someone who likes um a certain genre then you're obviously going to go to your favorite genre right but if you hear 
if you hear another song that you like more, you're going to run over to the other stage. You're going to run with the crowd to the other stage to see what's going on, to see what's more crazy. Like, mm. um, what was the issue with her, with the other, with Mia? What was the issue with that again? Um, she well, just like, wasn't explained. No. So like Mia, Mia was secretly trying to make her own stage look better to like the promoters or the club owners. So she was like, okay, let's, let's make Aiko. Let's put Aiko there to show you how much better I am than her. But Kong Ming has a strategy. Uh, first, he uses booze to distract people. He also generated a large amount of smoke to dull their judgment and had two men move between the staff room and restroom. He also set up two bar counters. And because the stage is 360 degrees, this results in a stage plan that confuses people where the exit is. And he calls it the Stone Sentinel Maze Stratagem. But ultimately, as Kong Ming puts it, it was Aiko's music that kept them in. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's exactly what I said. It, it all depends on the artist and who your audience is. If you're if you're a big artist or a small artist, but you have the uh, what's the word? God damn it! Not the ambiance. The other word. The, I'm, in, I'm just say vibe. When you have the vibe on stage that you're putting on as much effort as as you're as you're supposed to, and you put in all that effort and you show the people what what you're about. People, people will see that and people will gravitate towards that. Exactly. Episode three in the aftermath, Aiko has gained 1000 new followers. And uh, so we meet these uh, new people, uh, Jet Jacket, and they're uh, performing on a stage at the same time as Aiko. Again, this is a, a similar plot point. Um, yeah. Similar plot point. But again, Jet Jacket, they don't, they don't think... Um, Aiko has the juice, and they're a bigger act too. So this is where um, Kong Ming oh, has his. Yeah, own- this is oh. episode three. Yeah, now I remember. This is the one where they uh, were with the equipment. Yes, exactly. So yeah, Kong Ming he tricks Jack Jacket into thinking Aiko's sound equipment has broken down, and by believing that Aiko had equipment issues, they would take it easy. And the flashing lights also distract people towards Aiko's stage. Mm-hmm. Um. Kong Ming also had researched that Jet Jacket's lead performer is high strung and gets a sore throat. So he has tricked them into thinking that they can just take it easy because they've got bigger shows coming up. Yeah. <laughs> and the finishing touch is free booze. That was probably the best thing that he could probably could have done is for is for her is probably like give out free shots. That'll 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 bring anyone to your show, no cap. Yeah, and he calls it uh, Stratagem 7. Make it appear that something that doesn't inf- exist, in fact, does exist. And Jet Jacket, they confront Kong Ming over this, and he offers them a drink that cures their throat issues. So, hey, all is resolved. Yay, everyone's friends now. Exactly. That's, that's another thing with Kong Ming, is that Kong Ming plays both sides. He's going to help He's gonna help both parties out no matter what. He's that's a good what I realized. Dude. He's a good dude. He wants peace. He doesn't... It's not just uh, all... Everything at, you know, the expense of Aiko. It's like, no, he wants to, you know, make a better world. And uh, we get a cliffhanger where uh, Aiko has drawn the attention of a rival music producer. And this man, he is uh, Suoshi Kondo. uh, And he is one of the world's most influential music festival organizers. Uh, And he's a weird dude. He only communicates in whispers to his attractive assistant. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That was really weird. And it was only like a little scene, too. It's a little scene, little small character. Hmm, might be a hint of uh, our our later segment of who wins that. Uh, I already mm-hmm. gave that shit away. Sorry, y'all. 
Um, <laughs> so uh, Kondo, uh, he runs Summer Sonia, and it's one of the biggest music festivals out there. Uh, it's uh, got an expected attendance of 300,000. And uh, basically, he offers Aiko uh, two positions. She can either go to Summer Sonia or go to a local music festival with a fraction of those uh, attendees. Yeah. But, but to get into Summer Sonia, she must pass the 100,000 likes project where she must obtain 100,000 likes on her social media page before the festival. Um, yeah. And this is what, you know, forms the, uh, the basis for, for the rest of the season. You know, can uh, Aiko get 100,000 likes? Does she have the time? Because groups and idols have had their careers ruined for failing to get that many likes. And in fact, only one group has succeeded. Which which makes me question like how how big can this festival be if only one group has succeeded? But I guess he he has like the main acts that don't have to compete in the project. I guess it's just for indie people. Yeah, like um, certain festivals have residents that perform there like a lot, like the regularly. You know what I mean? Like every year, you'll have your residents that are always there. So like for certain uh, for certain festivals, it's like certain genres so for i'm just trying to think so for like rolling loud it would be like i don't know like travis scott or something like that and then for another festival it would be like some country artist and then another and then, and then another thing would be like edm like so like there's all there's obviously those those artists that like continuously play at those festivals and shows like year round and then there's all and then there's those little smaller artists that get put on that lineup out of like nowhere or out of just like pure popularity like their songs bumping that year and then they're like oh yeah i'm gonna get i get a placement on this one huge show but even then like it's all about your time depends what time you go on depends about the people depends if your people show up it's uh it's a game it's a game it's all in the game as they say on the wire but yeah Aiko, she accepts the challenge and then kondo he actually speaks and declares he has a crush on Aiko, which is kind of creepy <laughs> But uh, it's nice that he supports her. And then, yeah, the characters also point out, holy shit, I've never heard, heard this guy actually speak. And then Kong Ming, he declares the need to recruit someone with good vibes. They need a mighty rapper. Kong Ming, he runs into one of the guys he met way back at the beginning of the show. Only the guy is now uh, no longer in a Halloween outfit. And then Kong Ming, he takes Aiko to a popular club. And everyone recognizes Kong Ming at this point. He's just he's just part of the club scene everyone loves him uh yeah. and it turns out and it turns out this whole trip was for kong ming to get recon for the likes project and then Aiko confines in kong ming that our ultimate dream is to sing at voiceland which is one of the biggest music festivals in the world and it's here that kong ming promises to help make her dream come true and Aiko allows him to hear her new song that was a beautiful moment for me actually because like there's been so many times where i've been in like a situation where like i need i i want to i feel like i want to show someone a song or a demo and you just don't know whether it's a good time to ask someone especially like when you're not even sure about the song yourself and it's like it's a weird feeling and it's and it's a weird and great feeling at the same time when someone gives you feedback on a song that honestly no one's ever heard before and it's like for sure and for, and for some, and for me to see that in in an anime and relate to it, I I, I fuck with that a lot. Absolutely, yeah. No, um, again, the relationship between Aiko and Kong Ming is so nice, and yeah, the fact that the song is also the credit song in this episode it also adds another layer. You know, you just want to sit in. 
episode five this is the beginning of our little rap arc our two episode rap arc uh traditionally on the podcast we only uh we try to keep it up to five episodes just for the viewer obviously alex you you were a go-getter you ended up just watching all 12 and i've I've watched this i've watched the entire series in full but it was a couple months ago uh so i don't have notes on the on the remainder (laughs) remaining six i can i can take your job if you want yeah, we can we can do a little spoiler talk after uh, talking about these two in, in detail. But yeah, this is the rap arc, and I was like, "Fuck, man, we gotta just do do all six, you know." And it's like halfway of the show, anyways. Um, yeah. But yeah, K- Kong Ming, he's hosting a big rap battle event, and uh, <laughs> I love how uh, Aiko and the boss they have different uh, images for who uh, Kong Ming is gonna get. Aiko pictures Kong Ming bringing a brutal warrior wielding a giant mic. Mm-hmm. And uh, the owner, he pictures Kong Ming hiring another Three Kingdoms nerd. I love that so much. So okay. He's just like, oh yeah, he's just going to hire another Three Kingdoms fan. And, you know, we can nerd out on Three Kingdoms raps and stuff. Uh, but no, our rapper is a man named Kabe. And he's rapping to himself as he sullenly walks through the streets. And Kabe, he is confronted by someone, but he's saved by Sekitoba Kung Fu. Uh, who wants to face off against Kabe in a rap battle? Again, what a fucking name! Like, goddamn, Sekitoba Kung Fu. I love that name, Sekitoba Kung Fu. And Kabe, yeah. I don't know, I don't know Jack, but if it, I don't, I don't know if you ever met my buddy Osaka, but Kabe really reminds me of my buddy Osaka. I haven't met Osaka. You've told me about Osaka, but I haven't met him yet. And Osaka, if y'all don't know, he uh, he's my buddy from actually funny enough shibuya the japan and he also raps um he's originally from osaka japan he resides in shibuya right now he actually went back like uh one or actually in march of this year in 2023 but uh he'll be back hopefully september or end of august and uh yeah well, tons of more music on the way tons of tons of more stuff on the way but yeah Ikabi really reminds me of my buddy osaka and it's actually super freaky how similar they are Nice. Uh, so there's a flashback to when Kabe collapsed during a rap battle. He says it was a stomach ulcer, but there's also likely something mental behind it. Uh, we see that his mom has sent him a care package and texts him. Meanwhile, Sekitoba keeps texting and calling him to battle rap. We get another flashback to when Kabe was winning rap battles regularly, but winning just seems to give him more anxiety. Uh, do you get that uh, feeling, Alex, or whatever, or at least understand it? Yeah, I I understand that feeling, especially um, with my other friends that battle rap. Like, battle rapping is completely different from like rapping as an artist. Like, you have, you're thinking on the spot, and if you aren't thinking on the spot, then you know the other person, and that just causes a whole lot of extra drama on the bat on the stage and on the battlefield. And it's just uh, it's it's a it's a lot more anxiety. And it's a lot more stress than having to just go on with your own music and and do it that. But the battle rap community is completely different than just listening, than being an artist and having people just listen to your music. You have diehard fans who are going to your shows, who are cheering you on, who are like the battle rap community is different, like in a in a in a really good way. Like it's like I I I don't I myself do not have it what it takes to be a battle rapper but i give those people mad respect uh so kabe he runs into kong ming at the laundromat uh how does kong ming know kong ming always knows because he does his research and then kong ming he asks kabe to work with eiko and when uh kabe refuses kong ming raps and he 
He raps so hard he traps Kabe in in like a spell or something. Uh, what did you think of Kong Ming's uh, rap there? It, it was like he was like quitting. Yeah, it was like it was almost like a Doctor Strange trance almost. It was exactly. Like, it was like uh, how Doctor Strange does like the mirror dimension and like traps you in it, and then you're like, and then you just stuck there. Like Kabe couldn't. Kong Ming was just spitting out of fucking hilarious. You just like stop. Like I don't need this right now. Like leave me alone. Uh, so Kong Ming he tells him he's going to challenge him to a rap battle at the BB Lounge. If Kong Ming wins, Kabe must join his band. Uh, and if Kabe wins, Kong Ming will grant him one wish. And yeah, it's there where uh, he agrees to the challenge. And uh, Kong Ming says this: to get the enemy to move as you wish, show them something that benefits them to entice them. Sun Tzu, the art of war. And he declares, the moment is here. Time to rise, baby phoenix. <laughs> Great. Again, you know, Kong Ming, he's got away with words. Our conclusion to the rap arc. Uh, Kabe sees Eiko perform, and we get his backstory. Uh, where Kabe, he's asked by a cute girl what he's listening to, and he freaks the fuck out. He says he's just listening to sound. And later on, Kabe, he sees what he thinks is a gang of delinquents, but they're actually a group of rappers known as a cypher. And Kabe joins them, and he gains confidence. Is is that a word you've heard, Alex? Like cipher? Is that a thing here? Yeah. So again, like ciphers are another big community thing in the rap community and the hip hop community. It's really I wouldn't even call it in the rap community. Like hip hop is its own hip hop is its own genre. Hip hop can consists of rap, break dancing, DJing. I think those those three, and then like there's a, there's there's one more that I always forget. But, uh, yeah, like, uh, Cypher is very important, like, just for artists to go to and to bring their confidence up. Like, before I started performing regularly, I went to the community Cypher run by Icon Hip Hop. Everyone check it out. Tuesdays, it's free at the Railway Club, downtown Vancouver. Everyone go check that out. Um, but yeah, the cipher is a great place for anyone to go bust their chops, listen to music, gather flows, um, really just learn and drain in all the energy and gain experience. Like that's uh, any, uh, any upcoming artist should go to a cipher at least once and experience it. Nice. Um, so yeah, uh, Kong Ming, he sees, uh, Kabe at the club and then the boss introduces Kabe as he's about to leave. He declares that Kabe will rap against Kong Ming, and this battle awakens Kabe. Um, on Wikipedia, it says that Kabe overwhelms Kong Ming, but I don't know. I felt Kong Ming's rap was also very good. I don't know. What, what do you think about their rap skills? I mean, man, if you re- if if I could if I didn't get to read the subtitles on the episode, oh. I, but if I read the subtitles on the episode and gauged what they were saying. I, but even so, like I was kind of understanding some of what Kabe was saying, and I feel like Kabe won. Kabe, I, I like Kabe won because he yeah. related to the, he related to the crowd afterwards, after that poem that Kong Ming said, and he still won them over. So I feel like I feel like uh, I feel like Kabe won. I gave you the wrong link. That's why I gave you the link that didn't have the subtitles. I was like, shit. No, it's uh, okay. Okay. All good, though. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's good stuff. I can't even write it down. There was just so much going on. But hey, you know, y- you, dear listener, now you can uh, l- listen to that rap on Spoiled if you find the one 
uh, with subtitles. It's on high dive officially, and there's also you know the pirate sites that uh, yeah. we don't endorse, but you know eh, we may we may use. Um, again, it's it's to keep this podcast free. Um, so yeah, Kabe he wins. Kongming asks Kabe about his wish, but he replies that his wish of coming back to rap has already been granted. And it turns out Kong Ming manipulated the situation by getting Aiko to sing a song that would invoke Kabe's memories. And the bartender mixed in the stomach soothing concoction. Yeah. And he says this, he recites his stratagem, which is the best way to get the enemy to move to you is to entice them with something beneficial to them. That's Kong Ming for you, man. That's Kong Ming. I need to, I need to add some of these stratagems to my daily life. I guess it's all yeah. in Sun Tzu, the art of war, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, I might have to pick that up. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's probably under public domain. I, I I don't know if there's copyright for that shit. Um, oh, no. Yeah, I could probably get that at the local library. Uh, before we get to our favorite segment, Alex, do you want to give uh, somewhat spoiler-free thoughts? Let's try and keep it kind of spoiler-free. Just your general vibes of what the uh, remaining six episodes were. Um, the remaining six episodes. What do you think of like how the show ended, or what, or whatever, or where it went? I'm going to just do a generalization. So, do it. So the way it plays out afterwards is that uh, there's obviously got to be a rival of some sort. So a rival comes into play, and then um, Aiko gains some sort of relationship with that rival, unwillingly knowing that, that she's a rival. And then um, drama happens, another backstory from the rival, and then just like, and then just more calming strategy and shenanigans. And you guys are going to be very surprised on his last strategy on how he pulls it off because I was even blown away on how he does all that. Yeah. yeah. The, the final songs are pretty awesome. I mean, again, the show has great music. Yeah. The great music. But one thing I have to say is that how they added um, the producer, the producer who the Steve Aoki like lookalike character so funny i was dying when i saw that i was laughing so hard it's literally steve aoki to a to a t uh which guy was it was it the the head of the festival or someone else it was the producer that uh oh the summer that, sonya guy yeah no 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 the producer that Aiko go, goes to to uh make the demo oh gosh again i i watched those uh other six episodes months ago i'll have to trust yeah, you on that so so Aiko goes to uh, Kong Ming sets Aiko up with a producer that he trusts, and um, it's a Steve Aoki pretty much based character. Looks exactly like Steve Aoki. Back backstory is almost the exact same, and um, pretty much like Kong Ming's deal with the producer is that if uh, Aiko makes a song that he's satisfied with, she gets her studio session paid off, um, and if not. Then he, um, then Kong Ming becomes becomes his tactician, and um, Aiko pretty much gets a stratagem given to her by Kong Ming in three bags, <clears throat> and the first bag pretty much tells her to buy three puddings from the seven from the Seven Eleven to bring to the studio, and um, as soon as soon as she gets to, to the studio, um, the producer is unmotivated to work, but as soon as he sees the puddings, he's all over the puddings and he puts his special treat which was bamboo bamboo shoots in the pudding and he made pretty much like bamboo pudding stoner style <laughs> just putting the bamboo in the pudding and then eating it and then uh and then yeah she makes a song 
bunch of stuff happens that I'm not going to spoil because you got to watch that for yourself. And then, yeah, it's a good ending. All right, man. Let's get into our favorite segment. Uh, cue the music. Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. So for those just joining in, the Speedwagon is our favorite uh, supporting character of this batch of episodes. I will go first, uh, just to give Alex more time. Uh, I already hinted at it, because again, I fuck, I always ruin the Speedwagon because it's always so obvious. My Speedwagon is the uh, producer condo. Again, <laughs> funny character. Uh, bit creepy that he said he had a crush on Aiko, but you know, I'm, I'm sure it was you know all in good fun and not uh anything creepy given how old he is nonetheless uh you know a fun character he's got he's got that old wise man look but he's also you know a huge uh producer and again the fact that his gimmick is that he only speaks to his assistant uh until he has to tell Aiko he has a crush on her but yeah that's pretty yeah. funny i thought he was a funny little character uh what about you alex who was your speed wagon uh, my speed wagon would have to be the bartender. I forget his name, but um, the bartender that wore the eye patch in the first episode. I, oh, I, yeah. I, I, just, I just loved his vibe, and then just like the little animation at the end of the at the end of the episodes of him just at the bar and everyone just like all uh, animated. I mean, not animated, characterized in the cartoon. That was a. Uh, that was super cute, but I wish they, I wish he would have had more lines. I feel like he would have been a really good supporting role. That's, that's the fun about a good speed wagon. It can be a character you're intrigued by. Uh, I also think my speed wagon could have also been, he's a strong runner up. Was the, uh, uh, the boss's imagination of, um, who Kong Ming's rapper would be. He was like, okay, yeah, he's just going to bring it to their three kingdoms or to me and him can geek out. That was cute. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the awesome. end of our speedwagon. Sp- sp- <laughs> that's the end of our speedwagon segment. That's a tongue twister. Um, yeah. All right, let's get into it. Final thoughts on your boy Kong Ming. Again, once again, I'll I'll just go to just give Alex some time. Yeah, this is a delightful little show. If you love music, want to learn a bit more about you know what it's like being in the scene. Again, I was learning things about how clubs work. And again, just, you know, the characters are so fun. Kong Ming is, again, such an endearing person. You know, his stratagems are brilliant. You, you're even learning life lessons. I'm sure you can take a bunch of his lessons and incorporate them into your own life, whether you work in business or the arts, whatever. Yeah, this is a fun show. And again, you can't beat this title. When you hear the, when you hear the name of this show, you're just like, okay, I got to at least check out an episode or two. I give this sh- I give this show an eight point nine. I I'm really looking forward to if they bust out another season. I'm definitely gonna enjoy that. But like yeah, yeah as Jack as Jack said, like the the stratagems and the way that everything rolls with this show is really smooth flowing. It's not like super condensed that you're getting a lot of information at once that you get with a lot of shows. But um, yeah, I really enjoy it. Yeah, and yeah, it's on High Dive officially. Um, who knows if they'll get a second season or not. But yeah, there is a manga that this is adapted from. So if you do really want to see this series continue, you can always read that. 
but of course you know it's just not the same i mean it props to the listen the manga obviously has to be good enough for it to even have gotten an adapt anime adaptation but also it's like uh when you're uh when reading you're a manga music, yeah, you need the music, the music man you need the music exactly you need you it need yeah that's why i feel like the live action adaptation will be awesome too Oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll they'll make it work. Because again, this is a there's no, I mean, again, there's there's no scenes in the show where you're like, oh, that's impossible uh, to do in live action. It's it's a pretty easy show to do. I mean, maybe they yeah. would have to, you know, they can't spend as much money on crowd scenes, of course, uh, if their budget isn't super high. But uh, again, there's nothing uh, out of the ordinary in this show. I mean, you know, they they've done adaptations of JoJo and Bleach for fuck's sake. Uh, not that those adaptations were good, but they have done them. All right. Yeah, I guess that about ends it. Uh, Alex, where can people find you? Everyone can find me at alex.ad9 everywhere, all platforms, IG, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, everywhere. You can find me everywhere. Fantastic. And and, oh, and don't forget to follow the group, Sons of Anubis. New album coming soon. Hopefully by the end of the summer, by the end of this year, coming soon. Sons of a new disco follow the group. Absolutely. Uh, good thing to plug. Yeah. As always, you can find me at Jack is Jack on Instagram. Only real Jack M on Twitter. I'm losing Twitter followers. So clearly the bots are just uh, being killed by Elon's uh, bot killing forces. I'm sure I'm sure no real people unfollowed me. It's just uh, the bots uh, who are doing so. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, find the podcast on at this is anime pod on Instagram and Twitter. We're obviously barely active on, t- uh, Twitter, you know, our, our, our Instagram engagement itself is just limited to episode drops, but Hey, uh, if you want us to cover something, just comment on one of the posts, feel free. We, we love it. Um, there's so much fucking anime. It's, it's overwhelming. Obviously apologies uh, for the fact that this episode took two weeks to come out. Uh, scheduling can be a pain. Uh, such is life but i do see that you all are still listening in the backlog which is great because again we've done over a hundred of these uh there's always a ton of content and you know bless that we picked a topic that uh is not uh we picked a topic that is not topical again you could you know you could be in the future listening uh to this one about your boy kong ming you know exactly Exactly, man. We we live in the past now. You, dear listener, are, are listening to something recorded, you know, uh, twelve hours before it drops or or beyond. Again, time is time is always moving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Why? Uh, yeah, t- time marches on. Uh, but what doesn't march on? Or fuck, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, y'all. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's my um. I've got my post workout uh exhaustion hitting me like a ton of bricks now. So uh, I don't know. Weird place to end it off, but hey, uh, go watch your boy Kong Ming. Go watch anime. Enjoy, uh, or hey, uh, keep playing Zelda. Zelda's out now. We we live in a world where Zelda Tears in the Kingdom exists. The world is awesome. <laughs> Everything rules. This was rambling. Uh, do you have That's anything dope. else to say, Alex? <laughs> nah, everyone's awesome. Thank you for listening. Yeah. All right. Bye.